are listening to a message from Bethany First Church of the Nazarene, online at bethanynaz.org. I find myself having a conversation, it seems like over and over again with various people. And the conversation is about what we believe, about maybe an issue that we're talking about, or what do we believe in regard to what is absolutely true, or what do we believe about a theological issue. And so this conversation goes like this with many people, and most of the time it's you. It's people who are in the congregation here. And often people say to me, Pastor Rick, I don't know what I believe about that. And I find myself responding by saying, you know what? I think you should know what you believe about that. I think it's really important. I think you ought to know what you believe. And so what, what, what is it that happens in our minds? I think sometimes in our culture and even the church in America today, sometimes when we talk about what we believe or what is true or what is theologically absolute, we find ourselves taking a step back and saying, you know, I don't know if I really should say or if I should make it a judgment about that or if I really know for sure what is right or wrong in this conversation. But what if the narrative began to change from, I don't know what I believe, to, I believe. So here you are sitting this morning in a church of the Nazarene. So when we use words to describe ourselves like Protestant, Orthodox, Evangelical, Christian, Holiness, Missional, what do those words mean? And how they do they speak into our very system of beliefs. So here's what we're going to do. We're just going to jump in right now. You ready? Somebody comes to you and says, uh, you're, you're a Christian, right? And you say, uh, yes, I'm a Christian. So you're a follower of Jesus. Yes, I'm a follower of Jesus. And they say to you, so, okay, I've got a question for you. Um, you, you, you go to church on Sundays, you listen to the sermons, you go to Bible studies or whatever, right? Yes, I do all of that. So you study the Bible, right? Well, yes, I, I study the Bible. So you know what the Bible says and means, right? Well, you know, I, I try to learn and, and know the Bible. Okay, then I have a question for you. Explain to me the Trinity. So how do you feel? in this moment. Do you feel prepared? Would you begin by saying, well, I believe, or would you respond to me by saying, Pastor Rick, I don't know what I believe. So what we're going to do over these next several weeks is talk about what we believe. And here's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about the Trinity. It's the first of 16 articles of faith in the manual in the Church of the Nazarene. And so I want you to repeat these phrases after me. I will go slower. Are you ready? Okay. We believe God is triune, revealed as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. 
One more time. We believe God is triune. Revealed as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Um, I think I can pull this off, but I'm not sure. You just help out a lot, okay? Don't let this be a solo. But sing with me. Harlan, I have no idea if I'm close to the right key. I guess I'll just go. Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, early in the Because we believe God is triune, revealed as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Now, we, we say that because of the Word of God. So open your Bibles with me this morning to the book of John, the Gospel of John in the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and then John, John chapter 14. I'm going to begin reading with verse 5, okay? John chapter 14, verse 5. A wife said to her husband, what are you going to do today? And he said, today I'm going to do nothing. Today I'm not doing anything. (laughs) And she said, you did that yesterday. And he said, but I didn't get finished. (laughs) Now today, you didn't start out with that attitude. It's a holiday weekend, and I'm honestly just overwhelmed with the number of people here. This is awesome. But you said, I'm going to do something today. I'm going to worship today. I'm going to join with my brothers and sisters in the faith. We're going to do something meaningful. And now we're going to open God's Word today, and we're going to study together, and we're going to learn. We're going to grow together. You're doing something that matters today. And so Jesus is with His disciples, and He's given them this final address. He's trying to prepare them for the fact that he's leaving. He's going away, okay? They're struggling. Where are you going? We don't know. Do we get to come? How will we get there? If we do get to come, how are we sure we're going to get to come? What's going to happen to us when you leave? You understand, the crowds aren't coming to see us. They're coming to see you. You're definitely the star of this show. If you leave, we don't know what we've got left. It's all of this stuff happening in their heads. And so Jesus says, I am going to the Father's house. And if I go to the Father's house, I will prepare a place for you. And if I prepare a place for you, I will come back and get you. And I will take you to be with me. And then he says, you know the way to the place I'm going. Now, verse 5 is where we're starting reading, okay? Thomas said to him, with confusion, I'm sure, Lord, we don't know where you're going, so how can we even know the way if we don't know where you're going? 
Listen to Jesus' answer. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Now, this is a very bold statement. No one comes to the Father except through me. So we're talking about beliefs. Do you believe that? A little weak, but maybe. Okay. (laughs) If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. And so, Philip, it seems like in the midst of this, what seems to be confusion, just, 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 just show us God. Just, could God just reveal himself? Could God just make himself known? Philip says, Lord, show us the Father, and that will be enough for us. I, I don't know about everything else that is being said, but could we just experience the Father? And Jesus answered, don't you know me, Philip? Even after I have been among you such a long time, listen to these words now. Anyone who has seen me, Jesus says, has seen the Father. Wow. What did Paul say? Jesus is the image of the invisible God. The words I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing the work. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or at least believe on the evidence of the works themselves, Philip. Very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things. Did he say greater things than these? Because I am going to the Father, and I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me anything in my name, and I will do it. And so now we're dealing with this kind of language about Jesus being in the Father and the Father being in Jesus. And if you've seen Jesus, then you've seen the Father because Jesus and the Father are one. But what about the Holy Spirit? And that's the very next verse. If you love me, keep my commandments, and I will ask the Father... And he will give you another advocate, since I'm leaving, to help you and to be with you forever. The Spirit. The Spirit of truth. Now the world, they're not going to be able to accept him because it neither sees him or knows him. But you, you know him. For he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Through the Spirit? Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me through the Spirit. Because I live, you will also live. So this is God's Word for us today. Do you agree? Amen. Amen. So one of my favorite writers, classic, would be a person of our tradition. His name is A.W. Tozer. And this is one of my favorite quotes by A.W. Tozer. Now, if you're going to write stuff down this morning, I would say this would be one of the first things you would write down. Here's what he says. What comes into our minds when we think of God is the most important thing about us. So you just got you to let that get in you, okay? You just got to think with me for a minute. What comes to our minds, into our minds, when we think about God, Tozer says there is nothing in the world that is more important about you. 
So after you finish writing, you got to look me in the eye because i got to ask you this question, okay? If Tozer believes that the most important thing about you is what comes into your mind when you think about God, then I've got to look you in the eye and ask you, so what comes into your mind when you think about God? A friend of mine said, I think the word good. That's what I think when I think about God. God's good. I was taught as a child, God is good. That's what I think about. When I think about God, that's what comes to my mind. God, God is good. I think good. What do you think? So my buddy Jeffrey, uh, who you hear me talk about probably too much, uh, a whole lot is with me today. He and his wife, Julie. And um, they're just such good, close, close friends. He and I were in a seminary class together at Asbury Seminary years ago working on our doctorate, and we were in a class on preaching. And some of you may be thinking, I wish you would have paid a little more attention in that class on preaching. <laughs> just go ahead. Just give me the amen over here. I'm, there we go. I knew it was coming, so... And so the professor had an interesting way of teaching. He would make you do what I thought were really weird things, like he would have you make a collage or something like that. And you're thinking, this is a doctoral class. You really want me to make a collage on a poster board. One day we came into the class and, and somehow he would, he would always make you cry. And it wasn't the, the cry where your eyes just moistened and you look more spiritual. It was like the ugly face cry, like, I don't know why I can't quit crying. You know, it was just... But one day he said, draw the God of your childhood. Take a pencil and some paper and draw the God of your childhood. Jeffrey was on fire that day. He had it. He took his hand, laid it on the paper, and just traced his hand, you know. I thought, man, I should have done something like that because I can't draw. You know, that was a great idea. And when he explained to the class why he drew the hand, he reminded us that when he was a little boy, he had a medical procedure that was very painful. Very painful, but they could give him nothing for the pain. But they let his father come into the room and hold his hand. And he said, when I think about God as a child, that's what I think about. My dad represented God's love and comfort in my life. I remember I drew this figure that was like this, and under the bottom of the page, it was just like, a, I mean, at the bottom of the page, it was just like a, a city skyline, and it was like this, this person over everything. And, and the teacher holds my paper up to the class and says, Rick is the only person who drew a person. You got to figure out why you drew God as a person. Nobody else did that. I remember calling my sister Linda saying, I'm in this class and this professor's kind of different and he's made us cry like a few times and he's got us drawing weird stuff and I drew God as a person and I'm the only person out of 30 who did and he thinks I need to figure out why and my sister Linda said, don't you realize, Ricky, why you drew God as a person? Because God was always taught by mom to us to be a friend. I think of God as a person. So what comes to your mind when you think of God? I mean, I think it's a question worth answering. 
It may be the most important thing about you. If the first thing that comes to your mind when you think about God is, I will never measure up. I bet he's mad at me again today. I think that tells you something. When you think about God, what do you think? So in the church of the Nazarene, we have a statement about God. I'm going to put it on the screen for you, and I think we should read it together. Would you like that? Here we go. Read in unison with me. We believe in one eternally existent, infinite God, sovereign creator and sustainer of the universe, that He only is God, holy in nature, attributes, and purpose. The God who is holy love and light is triune, an essential being, revealed as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Now, when I think about God being love, when I think about God being creator, when I think about God being sustainer, when I think about God being holy, when I think about God being light, those concepts I feel like I can pretty well wrap my head around. But when I think about God in terms of Trinity... Will I ever fully grasp it? Will I ever be able to explain it well? Will I ever personally comprehend it? The Hebrew writer writes, you know, in the past, God spoke to us, and He spoke to us through the prophets. Well, you know what that means. He spoke to us through Isaiah, and He spoke to us through Jeremiah, and He spoke to us through Malachi, and He spoke to us through others. He spoke to us through the prophets and in various ways. Now, what does He mean by various ways? Well, He spoke to Moses through a burning bush. I would call that a various way. What would you call that? And like, you know, when Jesus was baptized, there was a voice from heaven. I would go, that's a various way. Would you feel like that's a various way? But in these last days, how has He spoken to us? Through His Son. So God Himself came into our world, took on flesh, moved into one of our communities, walked around with us, and talked to us. And now Jesus says, I'm leaving. So how will God speak to us? If in the past he spoke to us through the prophets and in various ways, and then Paul says in these last days he spoke to us through his son, when Jesus says, now I'm leaving, then how does God speak? So I remember a leader of the church said to me, God has many voices. Sometimes he speaks through open doors. I mean, it's not uncommon for somebody to call and say, Pastor, I've got this job opportunity. And I'm wondering if God wants me to take the job. It's like there's an open door, right? And so will you pray with me to try to understand the voice of God in all of this? Sometimes God speaks to us through wise counsel. I mean, all the time. I call people like my mom and I say, will you pray with me about this? I'm trying to understand God's voice. I'm trying to hear His voice. I'm trying to understand God's will. Sometimes God speaks to us through people who are in authority over us. So my district superintendent is sitting right over here this morning, Dr. Terry Rowland. 
And there are many times that I call him as my pastor and my leader, and I say to him, Dr. Roland, will you pray with me about this? I'm trying to understand the voice of God. The most objective way that God speaks to us is through his word. It amazes me that I get up in the mornings and I open the Bible and God speaks right into my life. But God also also speaks to us by His Spirit. Yeah. And the Spirit and the Word are never in contradiction. It's okay that I'm going away. Because I will give you my spirit. And my spirit will speak and guide you and remind you of everything that I have taught you. So last week we end up in uh, Indianapolis with uh, Reverend Timothy Glamini and 20-some thousand other Nazarenes. Every four years uh, we all get together. And uh, we have times of worship, and we have business meetings, and we have conventions and celebrations, and it's awesome. And what unites us is that we are all following Jesus together, but there's a lot of people following Jesus who aren't Nazarene. It's what we believe. It's important to know what you believe. But could I just tell you that when we came together last week in Indianapolis and It was beautiful. And we were in the presence of God. By the power of His Holy Spirit. Although God used to speak through His prophets and in various ways, but in the last days through His Son, God was speaking to us. And He spoke to us through His Spirit. Here's here's really good news. You can live your life as a follower of Jesus in the full confidence that God has not abandoned you or walked away from you, but by the power of His Holy Spirit, He is leading you, guiding you, speaking to you, breaking through into your life. So let me ask you a couple of questions, okay? You ready? Kind of go back to this Jesus-God relationship. So, So was Jesus sent by God on a mission to the earth to accomplish a purpose? Or was God himself on a mission through the life of his son Jesus? So did God send Jesus on a mission? Or was God himself on a mission through the life of his son Jesus? You see what I'm asking you? You get into this conversation that Jesus has with Thomas and then he has with Philip. And it's this, I'm trying to get it, Thomas says... 
He always had a little problem with doubting. How can we know where you're going or the way if we don't even know where you're going? I mean, you got to help us out here a little bit, Jesus. And Jesus says, well, Thomas, you do know the way. I am the way. I'm the truth. I'm the life. Nobody comes to the Father except through me. And so there's this other question that kind of looms. And it says, so does Jesus show us the way to the Father Is he this teacher who has kind of given us direction of how we get to the Father? Or is he himself the way to the Father? I'm the way, the truth, the life. Nobody comes to the Father except through me. And then Philip joins in the conversation. I don't know what to think. Why don't you just show us God? If you show us God, that will be enough for us. Just show us what God's like. One of my favorite preachers, Fred Craddock, says it this way, quoting Jesus, Philip, have you been with me all of this time and you don't know what God is like? Do you remember these two blind men? They came to Jesus. What do you want, Jesus said. We want to see. And Jesus restores their sight. Pretty impressive, isn't it? You remember the guy who was 38 years old and he had never walked? Never walked. Crippled. And Jesus reaches down and he takes him by the hand and he said, get up and take your mat and walk. And the guy gets up and he walks and the place goes nuts. It's awesome. Or like when they're bringing the kids to Jesus, you know, and the disciples are saying, get the kids out of here. We're trying to have the kingdom, you know. And Jesus says, no, 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 no. Let let the kids come. And the kids are crawling all over Jesus. And there's a lady caught in adultery. And everybody agrees that they should stone her. And Jesus says, let the one who is without sin cast the first stone. And they all drop their walk, rocks, walk away. And Jesus said, where are your accusers? They're gone. Well, then neither do I accuse you. Go leave your life of sin Philip, have I been with you all of this time and you don't know what God is like? And Craddock says, so Jesus picks up a cross and he starts up a hill. And he says, this is what God is like, Philip. Loving and blessing and caring and loving and helping and forgiving Philip, this is what God is like. I'm leaving. I'm going to the Father's house. But I will ask the Father, and He will give you the spirit of truth. This this helper, He will help you. He will be with you forever. And so the Spirit helps us. The Spirit helps us. He empowers us. The Spirit helps us to witness, gives us power to witness. That's a promise from God. The Spirit helps us to not sin. The Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. The Spirit is our helper. The Spirit is our comforter. The Spirit comforts us. The Spirit is our advocate. He makes sure that our our case is going to be heard. The Spirit. The Spirit is going to be with you. And He will teach you and He will guide you and He will lead you into all truth.
Now, I think that's, that's what we do. We live our lives with this awareness, this assurance that God has not forsaken anybody. God has not left any of us alone. God is with us by the power of His Spirit. In the past, God spoke through the prophets and in various ways. In the last days, He spoke through His Son. Now, He comes to us through the power of His Spirit. So let me tell you a little story, okay? I think there's one other element, and then I'll, I'll be done. Claude Seipert and Eli are brothers who attend this church and have for many years. And uh, one day I was with Claude, and he, and he told me a story. And it was probably three years ago or more, and I just can't forget about the story. He said, my mom, my mom had read about a, a tent meeting that was not too far from our house. And uh, we decided, she decided that we were going to go to the tent meeting. Uh, she would like for us to be in a church. And so, so we did. We loaded up in our Model A and we drove over to the tent. Now this was in the early 1940s. Claude said he was only six years old. Eli maybe was nine years old at the time. And they go to this tent meeting. He said the preacher was a lady. Her name was Sister Helm. Sister Helm. And she preached, and my mom and dad were inside the service, but me and my brother, we sat in the car. There were about six or seven kids that went. Some of the older girls had already left home. But he said, we sat in the Model A with the windows down, listening in, you know, sitting beside the tent. And Sister Helm preached. And my mom and dad loved what they heard. And after the service, Sister Helm came out of the tent to the car where me and my brother was and introduced us to her. My mother had read the flyer that there was a Seventh-day Adventist tent meeting. And she decided that she wanted us to go. And we went. And we were glad that we did. And we decided that we were going to become a member of that new church that was being formed out of that tent revival. And we joined it. The only thing was we went to the wrong tent meeting. This tent meeting was the Nazarene gathering not the Seventh-day Adventist gathering. And he said, all these years, I've been a Nazarene. Eli, other family members have been a part of the church of the Nazarene. Now think about the fellowship that the Cyprus have known because of that event taking place in their lives, the friendships. Church people become like family. Sometimes they become closer than family. There's this fellowship that happens. So hold on to that for a moment, okay? We know God to be holy love, right? And in the Trinity, Father, Son, Spirit, there is this unity and holy love. There is this oneness within the Trinity. Therefore, you and I were created. Think about this with me. With a desire for connectivity, relationship. And that connectivity, that relationship is lived out in our relationship with God and our relationships with one another. And so we believe that God is triune as revealed in Father, Son, and Holy Spirit 
And we believe that what we believe about God is maybe the most important thing about us. And you and I can rest in knowing that God is with us, even though in the past He spoke through the prophets and in various ways and in more recent days through His Son, but now He has given us His Spirit to walk with us, to lead us, to guide us, to teach us. And that relationship that we have because of Him creates within us a desire for relationship and connectivity with one another. Amen? Amen. So I want us to celebrate as you guys come. These words that we gain from the Scripture. And let's celebrate what we believe. To walk out the door not having to say, I don't know what I believe. Or what if I don't know what I believe? But to say, I believe. God is triune as revealed in the Father, in the Son, and in the Holy Spirit. Praise Father, Son. Praise Father, Son. Praise Father, Son. And cheerful voice him serve with mirth his praise forth tell come ye before him and rejoice oh enter then his gates with joy within his courts his praise proclaim let thankful songs your tongues employ Oh, bless and magnify His name. Because the Lord our God is good, His mercy is forever sure. His truth at all times firmly stood and shall from age to age Creatures here below, praise Him above the heavenly host. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Father, Son, and Holy
Stand please and let's receive these words that Paul wrote at the end of 2 Corinthians. He said, May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all, and may it be so. God bless you. You are dismissed. You have been listening to a message from Bethany First Church of the Nazarene. Visit us online at bethanynaz.org.